0: This is Paul Gallant on 710 ESPN Seattle. Weekdays at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. At Gallant says on Twitter. Text to the show at 710-710. Oh, hello, and welcome aboard the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle and Washington. Nay the world! I am Paul Gallant. It is Monday, April 5th of 2021, and we've got ourselves quite the ball game tonight, thanks to quite the ball game on Saturday. And I'm not talking, of course, about Baylor running UH, the Houston Cougars, out of the building. What a game that was to see gone Zaga take down the UCLA Bruins in an overtime classic that wrapped itself up like this on gone Zaga's IMG call. To the right side of the floor, defended by Kispert now, drives, leans in, the runner, comes up short, choosing the rebounds and puts it in. We're tied at 93 seconds left. Here's Suggs the other way, pull up, three for the win. Yes!
1: Yes! Set yes! yes! the of
0: the championship game!
1: He knocked no! from 40 at the buzzer! Yes!
0: It's great to hear Adam Morrison reacting that way, especially since we all know that his Moment of great sadness with the Zags came against UCLA all those years ago. Some semblance of vengeance, perhaps, as the Zagwagon continues its amazing run this season. And tonight, they're getting the national championship game that needed to happen. We'll see how it pans out if the Zags are the first team since Indiana 75-76 to run the full gauntlet undefeated, but there's not going to be they played nobody after a game against Baylor tonight. There's not going to be, oh, it was a pandemic season. They can officially coronate themselves tonight as a marquee program with a title, with a pelt on the wall, with a win over the obvious other best team in college basketball I'm really excited for this game, and it might be partly because I just had such a great time on Saturday watching the game with a bunch of Zags fans that I did not know. I went to Pono Ranch in Ballard. Maybe not the most social distancing going on when the Zags hit that game-winning shot. I don't care. It was... Just such a thrilling moment to experience with so many other people to the point that I believe my friend may or may not have started snogging, as the British say, with some stranger that he had only met about 30 minutes before. It was a fun moment. I'm hoping to see it take place again. If Baylor hadn't made it to this game, it would have been, I think, a tremendous disappointment. Really, I I don't even think we'd be able to look at the national title in the way that We would like to, after the fact, if this was a game against the Cougs of UH, they also go by the Cougs or any of those other schools. It had to be Baylor. And this is the most, I think, excited I've been for a college basketball game in a really long time. By the way, Jalen Suggs, I'm not going to act like I'm some sort of NBA knowing how players are going to transition from college basketball to the pros expert, but there are some guys you watch and you just, re- you just know they have it, that killer instinct or whatever, that it's really difficult to describe in words, but when you watch it, you see it, you know it. And with Suggs, you know it. That game-winning bank shot that he had where he knew it was going in, You could tell by the way that he was strutting after he let that one fly. He knew that one was going to bounce off the backboard and home for the game winner. Now, some people would say, oh, it was a little lucky that he bounced it off the backboard. You're shooting it from that far away. The backboard is definitely allowed to be an accessory. I would say, as anyone who has perhaps decided to try to shoot a bunch of half-court shots in the gym by yourself, how often have you actually been able to make it without using the bank? You're always going for the backboard when you're shooting it from that far away, in my humble opinion. But I am not a skilled basketball player. Suggs shooting that shot and then running over the bench. I loved that moment. And he had an interesting comment about that moment, standing up on the table after the fact. He basically compared the moment to being like Kobe Bryant, to being like Dwayne Wade. And I just loved seeing it. I don't know. I've always wanted to run up on the table and, you know, like Kobe and D-Wade and, and go like that. And, I mean, that's the first thing I did. But, man, I It was awesome. And he even got a shout-out from Dwayne Wade after the fact. I don't know what pro comparison to make. I looked up online. Someone's comparing him to Jason Kidd. Other people are comparing him to Dwayne Wade. Whatever the case, this guy is so just gifted but smart and aggressive in all of the right spots. And all of the things that he can do, whether it was the rejection that he had on one end of the court, taking the basketball and then delivering this unbelievable bounce pass from essentially half court, that was a four-point swing. Without that moment, they don't win that game. He's something else to watch. I I, I get a ton of these feelings that I used to have watching college basketball, and I would say going all the way back to, I think it was 2008 or 2009, watching Steph Curry do what he did for Davidson. And look, Suggs is on a much better team than that Davidson team. I mean, it was definitely just Steph Curry and a bunch of other guys on that one. This Zags team has some really incredible players. But I I love watching Suggs, and I really think that he is something truly special. I have a question for you guys, and it has to do with something that took place on the Danny and Gallant radio program. Danny O'Neill, our resident dog, he is not going to root for the Zags. And he's admitted that it's because he's petty. He doesn't want to see another team from the state that has clearly lapped, as he said, UW twice in terms of its basketball program have the success that he feels UW should have. And honestly, I will give him credit for that. I am all for sticking to your guns. There is this weird element... Of sports where we decide that if our team loses, we need to root for a team that was in the same conference of ours. I only see this in college sports, and I am more of a professional sports fan. I don't get it. Rooting for your conference if you're out. No, every other team in your conference is bad. (laughs) That's how I look at it. And I have a question for all of you guys. Because the Zags are interesting. They don't have a football program. There isn't the vitriol that you see between u and Wazoo. If you are a U-Dub or a Wazoo fan, or just anyone living in the state of Washington, tonight, are you obligated to root for the Zags? We've already got some interesting responses to it. I don't think you are. I think you are allowed to, in fact, root against the Zags. I am not. I am rooting for the Zags. I like to consider myself like an east side person, east side of the state. Pick Wazoo football. I picked the Zags for basketball because, uh, look, quasi-basketball definitely in a better shape right now than UW basketball probably, but I'm curious as to how you guys are feeling going into this game and just about how many of you are actually going to be rooting for the Zags tonight or perhaps are going to be, I don't know, a little bit petty. Text in, unless you went to Baylor, yes, you root for the Zags. Another texter brings up some of the, I don't know, problematic things that have taken place at Baylor. That's what I look at partly, and the other part is having lived in Texas for a bit, there is this elitist sense of self that Baylor carries itself with that I think is wholly undeserved. It's like like one of those schools that's a borderline Ivy League school, and I don't know how many of you guys have met people that have gone to schools that are, like, close to that. Remind them that they didn't get into the Ivy League school and see how they respond to that. That is generally what you will get with a lot of people from Baylor. There is this sense of, oh, well, we went to this school, and because we do things a certain way, it is a Baptist school. Not only are you know we better because we went to this school, but we do it in a better way. There's this air of moral superiority, which is ironic, given the basketball program issues of the early 2000s and, of course, the sexual assault scandals that took place at Baylor as well. So I feel like don't root for Baylor, period, but you can root for Havoc, I suppose. 206 421 3776 is how you call. 710 710 is the busy Hard Seltzer text line. Give me an answer to that. I'm very curious as to how you guys are feeling. It's 1010. It's time for What's Trending, brought to you by Kings Heating and Air. This is Paul Gallant on 710 ESPN yeah. Seattle. Weekdays at 10 on 710 ESPN yeah. Seattle. voice guy just couldn't help
1: himself. Sorry
0: about that. Oh, don't be sorry about it more. sleep happens. What's going on?
1: Uh, let's see. Well, are you, uh, interested in hearing some possible shade from Aaron Rodgers to Russell Wilson?
0: Don't you know it?
1: Okay. Well, he was on SportsCenter talking to Kenny Main, um, and they were, you know, they're friendly. They were being a little sarcastic, so who knows how seriously to take this, but he was asked whether he'd like to stay in Green Bay for life, gave the usual kind of noncommittal, well, that's not really on me answer. And Kenny Maine said, you know, hey, do you maybe want to give us a better answer so this doesn't get spun into something different?
2: Well, when you say things like that, then people, he just said it's not in his hands. He might be right. Like things get misinterpreted. W- wouldn't you like to just proclaim? I'm there. I'm your guy. I, I want to keep throwing for Lombardi Avenue all day. <laughs> Ken, you and I both know that's not how it works. No, uh, Like know, Russell there's... Wilson, he just answered a question. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm not, you know, necessarily going to approach it to, uh, like how that some of that stuff came out. But look, it, like I said last year, you know, there's things that are just out of my control.
0: I think you guys all know how I feel about this. I'm actually taking Aaron Rodgers' side on it. Yep, I know, controversial. And this is different, though, than the comments that Aaron Rodgers in the past has made about Russ. Because, look, to Roger's point, even though he's almost hypocritical here in bringing this up, given the way that he handled his post-losing the NFC Championship game, press conference, and being asked questions about his future in Green Bay, the Packers drafted a first-round quarterback and a running back for him last year. And then you take a look at the rest of that team. Who is the number two wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers? They have Devontae Adams has a great situation. He's got DK Metcalf, he's got Tyler Lockett, and he also put out a list of teams that he would be cool being traded to, even though he does not want to be traded. That's further than anything Aaron Rodgers has done. I know. He's smug, he's smarmy, he's condescending. All of those things that are going to make him a, I think, very entertaining Jeopardy host later today. But I agree with him here he didn't go about it all in he hasn't tried to force his way out of town or even hint that he might not be playing here anymore and by the way he's 38 years old and you could understand why things might come to an end between he and the Packers for Russ and the Seahawks this whole thing has just been so weird annoying and look I don't have a problem personally with Russ I just hate the way that he's gone about it and I hate that that was the conversation that we had to have for five to six weeks. And now all of a sudden, we're just supposed to move on like nothing happened. Are you kidding? He doesn't even have to acknowledge it. We just move on? That's what I'm having a difficult time accepting, Mora.
1: I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I see a little bit of both. I think it's uh, I think it's not that big of a deal to say, hey, that's not exactly how I want to handle things. Maybe I don't want my agent naming four places I might want to go. But uh, I see Danny's side that he brought up on Danny Gallant, too, where it's like, eh, Rodgers has had his own little oh, comments no doubt. about his coach and his team, and he's taken shots, too.
0: No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> he has done things before. I am just speaking about this individual situation. Yes. I think that the shade that Rogers threw at the way Russ is handling it is well warranted. Text in, oh, look, Paul's sticking up for Rodgers. Typical. This person is convinced that I hate Russell Wilson, which could not be further from the truth. I do not want to go back to the stone age of quarterbacks. I can be annoyed with the way that he carries himself with this and his brand and his legacy talk all the time. No one's perfect.
1: All right, Paul, you brought this to my attention that there was a couple of good uh, calls from uh, foreign speaking broadcast yesterday there was a Russian call and there's a Westwood one Spanish call of Jalen sugg's amazing game-winning shot and uh, I think you want to get thoughts on which yes better, right
0: okay so let's let's start off with the Russian
2: call <laughs>
0: I love that <laughs> duh at the end of it, which is Russian for yes, if I'm not mistaken. I
1: believe so.
0: Here is the call on Espanol.
1: 29 points for you,
2: el triple encadero! Oh! <laughs> oh!
3: Oh! Oh! llegaron
2: la Oh! para Jalen Songs con el triple en la le dice buenas noches a UCLA.
0: Oh it's just beautifully done. Both of them, especially the buenos noches at UCLA. So my question for you guys on that front too, which was the better call? Russian or in Spanish? And there is something that's cool about how different languages, even though we have no idea or we only have an idea of some of the words that they were saying there, how the emotion of sports can bring everyone together. Huh? How about that? Yeah. I just tied it up with a little kumbaya (laughs) bow tie. All right, guys. It is 10, 16 or so. 206 421 3776 is the number to call in. You can text into 710 710 on the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle and Washington, nay, the world. Are all Washingtonians obligated to root for the Zags tonight? Because I know there are a lot of dogs and cougs out there listening. And I know there are some Zags out there, too, that are probably expecting to get those schools behind you in tonight's big showdown with Baylor. You get to answer that. It's time for you to be heard. Your voice. Your your opinions. It's time to be heard. heard. Every day at 10.15 with Paul Gallant. Be heard. heard. The text line 710710. Danny consistently pisses me off. (laughs) The (laughs) Cossacks. You know, I, I, I do find Danny and his resistance... Something that I would want out of a fellow sports fan. Oh, you're going to root for this team to be successful just because they're nearby? Because if if you're in another state, it's a different situation. You know, in Texas, there are so many different schools where I used to live. And I would just say that no one's going to root for the other school if they're in a situation to succeed. You don't want to see somebody that went to a different school than you have that success. But the other part of me is I know that I want to watch this game amongst other people tonight and having enjoyed it the way that I did on Saturday I mean do you really want to be that guy do you really want to be the one person that is not rooting for the entire group around you to be pumped up to be excited text in if we don't root for Gonzaga who will that's that's a shot fired I went to Wazoo and I'm totally rooting for the Zags writes another texter Mark Few is such a great guy. I used to fish with him. Totally awesome, dude. How about that? Uh, 710, 710. I'm not obligated. I always and willingly root for the Zags. Go Zags. How about some tweets? The tweets are petty. James tweets, I want Gonzaga up two with 1.3 to go and to lose to a half-court shot. Yes, I'm jealous and bitter. Another, Zach writes, in 2016, before the uw Bama College football playoff game. UW was, at a, uh, UW was at Gonzaga for basketball, and their students were chanting, Roll Tide. Gonzaga does not even have a football team, so clearly no one is obligated to root for them tonight. And that's something that I can understand people holding on to forever. A lot of responses on Twitter negative. And you know what? That is, I think, generally just how Twitter ends up working. There are some comments, though, that are being made, you got to root for anybody that's in the Pacific Northwest if they get that far. That one seems like a bridge too far, right? I mean, someone is suggesting that you would root for, say, Oregon, had they made it all the way there. This person must be an Oregon fan. (laughs) This person wants, I think, Danny O'Neill to perhaps be a little bit more friendly (laughs) to his beloved Ducks. Uh, some responses go Cougs. Here's something else I want to bring up, and I think you may have noticed that I have been over pronouncing "Gone Zaga" today. It's because one person respond responded, "I don't care who you root for, as long as you say it correctly." Gone, not gun. Zag, like bag. Uh, share and spread the word. Now, this person did it in a friendly way. I don't know what it is about that word, but I have a really difficult time just saying gone. Gone as the first syllable. Like to me it's just it just rolls off the tongue so easily. Gonzaga. And what's also interesting is, and this was brought up by Aaron Levine of 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 Fox 13. I've always said Gonzaga correctly, but if the school is named after Aloysius Gon Gonzaga. That's how you're supposed to pronounce it. That's how it's pronounced in Italian. So is this perhaps an English pronunciation of the word? That's at least what Aaron's theory is. I'm always intrigued by how we come to pronouncing words in a very specific way. 710710, I am unable to become emotionally excited for any team out of the state of Washington. This includes Oregon. I'd watch, but I wouldn't be excited. Hmm. another text <laughs> i paid this person has the most rightful reason i think to root for them but at the same time i think i would be a little bit bummed out about this i paid gonzaga 54k a year for my daughter to become attorney for 7 years go zags holy smokes that is a lot of cash honestly i think if i had <laughs> been the parent and fronted that i think i would be petty and probably <laughs> root against the zags you guys bled me for that much money For that long? Holy smokes. Cost of private education, though. One texter. Go Zags, roll tide. See, this is not going to help you get that UW support. If you're going about it that way, you can't go about it like that. If you want to have these people on your side, everyone in the state, you actually have to be friendly to UW. You know, there has to be a little, what, quid pro quo? Is that how it's done? Like, there has to be a bit of back and forth. So... I, this is the big compromise that I will hold. If you are a gone Zaga fan, you got to be a little more adamant, I think, in your praise of the Dogs and or the Kooks going forward if you're expecting some praise from them. So we can have some all-total in-state solidarity. Huh? How about that? I think that's the only way that you can go about doing it. 7-10, 7-10. Danny watched every UW game. He's obviously a masochist. Gone Zaga being crowned, will give Danny the sports pain he desires. Now that is an interesting take. (laughs) That he is looking to be disappointed. And here's the thing. I I mean, I I think Baylor has a good chance at winning tonight. I I think that this is about as even a matchup as we have seen between the clear number one team in the the NCAA and the other clear close to number one team. I, I feel like Baylor's got a really good shot tonight, and I'm looking forward to tonight's game. So keep those texts coming, 710-710. Are you obligated to root for the Zags if you are a Washingtonian? We will ask Michael Bumpus that question next and what he thinks about Jalen Suggs and about Aaron Rodgers' comments about Russell Wilson. Next, don't go anywhere.
3: It's 1030, and that means it's time to get in the sports pit. In the pit where all that stuff goes down, and if you don't have some freaking toughness. You're going to get your, you're going to fail with all gallants.
0: And right now, we go to Michael Bumpus on the Issaquah Pez Control Hotline. Michael Bumpus, how you doing, man? Happy Monday.
3: Happy Monday, gallants. I'm doing well. How are you doing?
0: I'm still feeling the afterglow and perhaps after effects of a, a very fun Saturday night game. What was your first reaction to the end
3: of that game? One, I thought it was the, one of the best games I've seen in a very long time too I was just, it was mixed emotions man Cause you know I'm from LA west LA uh, grew up a UCLA fan but I've been up here for so long you know I got love for the Zags so when I saw that shot go down um, I was excited for the Zags I was hurting for the Bruins but overall I'm like that was just a great game I did not expect the Bruins to be in a game like that I thought I. it'd be 10 15 point win for the Zags easy roll into the championship game but um UCLA, man, great season, 11 seed to do the things that they did, right? To overtime win, to get into the tournament. I believe first round overtime takes the Zags to overtime. Great season for the Bruins. Overall, it's a good game.
0: Yeah, it was a really fun game, too. Back and forth, back and forth. I'm actually curious as to what the Coug perspective is here, too, Bump, because, I mean, they aren't too far away from you in Spokane, and I was curious as to the relationship between Gonzagans and those who have
3: gone to wazoo for me it's good man I, you know i caught a lot of a lot of stuff on twitter because i'm showing love for the zags and everyone's like it's all about the coogs Somebody, like, look man once my team isn't a factor then you start choosing up and why not choose up uh, with a team that was about 75 miles north we used to make that trip all the time to spokane man eastern washington team uh, for me it's good I don't know, man. For the state of Washington, I had a lot of of Cougs who were born and raised in the state of Washington who just weren't happy that I was rooting on or cheering on the Zags. But for me, it's all good. I guess it's a case-by-case kind of thing, though.
0: Yeah, and I don't think everyone's obligated to root for the Zags tonight if you live in this state. Uh, I put up a poll. 63.5% are saying, yes, all Washingtonians are obligated to root for Gonzaga tonight. I'm surprised that it is that strong because I would think there would be more holdovers who are perhaps a little petty and they're just like, no, I want to see them lose. <laughs> like one person who says he <laughs> wants them to lose on a buzzer beater from half court.
3: I, I, I would love to see them win. Like if they lose, it's not like I'm devastated. You know what I mean? I'm a, I am ai support them. I'm not an actual fan. You know, they're, they're the middle child. You got UW, you got Washington State, but they're the big dogs when it comes to, to basketball. But in the other sport, you don't really think – of of the Zags. So I just I just hope that they play well. Um, I'd rather go for a West Coast team. It's all about the West Coast, man. You had two West Coast teams in the women's championship game. Yeah. You got a West Coast team in the men's championship game. People have been sleeping on West Coast basketball, and I'm glad that they are forced to recognize and pay attention, man. We got some ballers out here.
0: Yeah, like Jalen Suggs, who I, I, yes. I feel like is the best player in the country. I, I don't watch that much college basketball, but – what I've seen out of him in this tournament has been just such a fun ride. Does he remind you of any past NBA players? Because that's what I'm trying to get a feel for. I, I think he's going to be great at the next level because of all the things that he can do. He just is so decisive and smart.
3: Man, you know, it's a, it might be a little bit of a stretch, but he his tempo in this game reminds me of Brandon Roy. Because, you know, Brandon Roy would be like, yeah, he's so smooth with it, but he's, he's explosive at the same time. I don't think he's as long as Brandon Roy, Roy was, but he's always in control. And that last play is a perfect example of that. Like you see, <laughs> the game's tied. Everyone thinks you're going into overtime. He has what three point five seconds to get down the court, and he's so smooth with it. Releases it. He knew that that was game. He knew yeah. that he knew that was going. On. He's already running towards um, the uh, the little table over there. He jumped up on. So um, smoothness of Brandon Roy. That's what I would compare him to.
0: All right, bump. I'm going to play a little audio for you because guess what? Aaron Rodgers has weighed in on something that Russell Wilson has said or done once again. And it's subtle and it's just as shady as you would think it would be. Here is Aaron Rodgers.
2: Well, when you say things like that, then people, he just said it's not in his hands. He might be right. Like things get misinterpreted. Wouldn't you like to just proclaim? I'm there. I'm your guy. I, I want to keep throwing for Lombardi Avenue all day. <laughs> Ken, you and I both know that's not how it works. No, uh, like you know, Russell there's... Wilson, he just answered a question. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not, you know, necessarily going to approach it to, uh, like how that some of that stuff came out. But look, it, like I said last year, you know, these things are just out of my control.
0: So a little shade thrown his way about little the bit. way he's gone about things <laughs> is Rogers allowed to make a comment like that, given that he was questioning. His own football future with the Green Bay Packers after the season-ending loss in the
3: NFC Championship game? Is he allowed to? Yeah, he's allowed to. Everyone's allowed to do what the heck they want to do, say what they want to say. And honestly, I, I expect that from Aaron Rodgers. What What do you expect? You expect a, a smart side comic, what do you call it, growing up, talking out the side of his neck. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's That's what you expect from Aaron Rodgers, and I'm okay with it we expect that that's the thing that tripped people up with russells they don't, they didn't expect that type of behavior or comments out of him so the sky is falling and no one knows what to do i'm all right with it man i i, I appreciate it i'm all about transparency and honesty if you feel a certain way about a situation go ahead and say it it's not like russell wilson is going to like text him or tweet him and and be angry about it russ is just russ probably ain't even pay attention to that stuff
0: i doubt that russ is paying any attention to it i, I think russ has already moved on and we're on to 2021 like nothing has even happened which is Eh, a little bit tiresome, but whatever. No big deal. So, Bump, we've also heard per Jeremy Fowler that Antonio Brown is perhaps more of a possibility than we expected. And we, we've we had this conversation a, a couple of times. I'm really curious as to how the Seahawks look at him right now because he was not the giant pain as a teammate that he has been in years past with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Obviously, we saw that saga with the uh, then uh, the Las Vegas Raiders a couple of years ago, too. Do you do you think that they look at him and still see him as a fit?
3: I think they do, and I think they see him as a fit just because of what he brings to the table. There's no denying what this guy is on the football field. He was quiet in Tampa. He was quiet down there, no off-the-field issues, had about 400-something yards, four to five touchdowns. He was a perfect number three receiver, and the Hawks are looking at him, like, look, we just signed Tyler Lockett to a big deal. We got a young stud in D.K. Metcalf he could come in and be a number three. It's all about the perception of this and how the community is going to accept him. I think that prior, if you were to come here, prior to him lacing it up, putting the pads on, the twelves are going to go crazy, at least the majority of them, and say, look, we don't want this guy. As soon as you see him make a couple plays, you're going to forget. You're, you're going to not forget, you're going to push to the side and say, look, he's helping this football team win. I don't like the move if it were to go down, but I know that as soon as he were to step on the field, People are cheering for him.
0: Yeah, they're short memories, especially when you actually deliver on the field. And I know there are some people right now that don't even care about any of that off-the-field stuff. They're just like, hey, like, sign the football player. He is a football player. Uh, Bob, speaking of football players, I- I'm very curious as to how you feel about the comments that Dan Orlovsky made about Justin Fields. He has been backtracking about them. And essentially, he had been asked the question on ESPN, why is it that Justin Fields is slipping in the draft? And here's what Orlovsky had to say. These are the things that have shared, been shared with me. Okay, smart. Um, one, I have heard that he is a last guy in, first guy out type of quarterback. Like, not the maniacal work oh, ethic. No. I've oh. even heard it compared to Justin Herbert where it was like, dude, when Justin Herbert showed up, it was like a psychopath when it came to working to get ready for the draft or, or even at school. Like, give me more. I want to work nonstop. And I've heard that there are some questions with Justin Fields' work ethic, okay? And then the second thing is, how do I phrase this the right way? Like, how, where is his desire to go be a great quarterback? Um, I think that there is a desire to be a big-time athlete, um, from what is expressed. Through, but where is his desire to go be a great quarterback? A couple of things here. First off, it's lying season, so someone might be telling Orlovsky that's in the hopes that Justin Fields will fall. Second, these are the kind of things that you often hear said about black quarterbacks going into the draft. Third, that said, Justin Fields is coming from a program that over the last couple of years has seen both Cardale Jones and Dwayne Haskins not fare so well. So is is what Orlovsky said, out of bounds because he is essentially calling his work ethic fields into question without any actual sourcing, just with anonymous sources.
3: Yeah, that's what I don't like about it. Anonymous, right? He's keeping it on the low. I guess he's protecting his source. But I'm also like the people you talk to when you when you are questioning or trying to find out a kid's work I think obviously they're coaches. They're football coaches. And then you go to strength conditioning coach because that's where he puts in the grind, right? That's where he's working. Uh, he's not directly underneath the coaching staff. Um, I don't like it. I don't like – you know what I don't like? I don't like knocking young men before they get their money. I, I understand that Dan Orlovsky, he's, he's a hot take type of guy. Um, I hope he stands firmly behind this because once it's out there, it's out there for the universe. Everybody now, he's changing the perception of this kid. And he doesn't look like a – a first guy in, uh, excuse me, last guy in, first guy out type of guy to me. I watch a guy play. I like his decision-making. I like his confidence. I like his leadership. Um, I don't see that. Now, Dan probably has sources that I don't have. And who are those sources? We don't know because, obviously, he's protecting them. But I, I just don't like knocking young men before they get their money. Now, once they get drafted and you want to throw out some shade, like, look, this is what I heard about him. yeah, then so be it. And it's unfortunate, man, because a lot of a lot of black quarterbacks do kind of get that stigma. Uh, but And I think part of it is because – People, I guess older people, don't understand the leadership style or the personality. Um, They can't connect with it. So I don't know, man. There's a lot of things going on there. I'm not for knocking young men. If anything, I'm going to praise these young men. And once they get into the league, and they're getting paid money, and they're throwing picks and interceptions, then we can get at them. But they're still amateurs right now.
0: Very well said. And, and and something you said along the way, Bump, actually, the last couple of days, it does feel as if Orlovsky is trying to make up for it and has been bringing up some of the things that Justin Fields has been able to do well. Now, in Orlovsky's defense, I do think that he is just relaying what has been told to him, and I don't think that he maybe thought about the big-picture consequences of putting something out like that because this is a new position for him, but it is interesting to see how he has handled the last couple of days. It does not feel like he is as steadfast behind that as he was before.
3: He, um, and we got to understand what he's doing too, right? This is, our business. If me and you want to make some noise, we can go out and say some outlandish stuff right now. And we'll, we'll get, we'll get a couple clicks. You know what I mean? I think he's kind of molded into that. Dan Orlovsky, I think he knows the game. Obviously he played in the league for 11, 12 years. Guy knows what he's talking about, but at some point it turns into entertainment and maybe that's a factor. And hopefully he's starting to see that. And he backpedals a bit again. It's all about just praising these young men and raising them instead of putting them down. As amateurs, once you start getting paid, then you get at them.
0: The one and only Michael Bumpus. Bump. we look forward to having you on Bump Day on Wednesday in the 8 to 9 o'clock hour on Danny and Gallant.
3: Thanks, buddy. All right, Paul, have a good one, man.
0: The one and only Michael Bumpus. Okay, guys, the question of today's show, 710-710 7, 10, 7, 10 on the Busy Hard Seltzer. Text line 206-421-3776. If you live here, are you obligated to root for the Zags tonight? especially if you're a dog fan or a Cougs fan. Maybe you're a transplant Oregon fan. Are you obligated to root for the axe? Or maybe you're feeling a little petty, spiteful. I want to see him go down tonight. Answer that question for me. You're listening to Paul Gallant.
1: Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio.
0: Every day at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. Seattle. And we are sending you to tomorrow night's Mariners game right here on the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle, in Washington. Nay the world, 206-421-3776 or 866-979-3776 in one minute if you're listening on the radio or 30 seconds if you're on the stream. Caller number five, you're going to win a pair of tickets to see the Mariners take on the White Sox tomorrow night. We're giving away a pair of tickets every hour, all day, so stay tuned to 710 ESPN Seattle, Jake and Stacy, Wyman and Bob, for your next chance to win. The question of today's show, if you are a Washingtonian, are you obligated to root for the Zags tonight? In response, 710-710. Seriously, when's the next time UW or Wazoo will be in Gonzaga's position? People have personal issues. If they aren't rooting for them. Here's the thing. If you are someone who is still rooting against Gonzaga because perhaps you have a friend who is a little bit annoying, who is an alum of the school. I actually get that. But here's the request that I would make just for the sake of everyone having a good time. If you are one of those Cougs or UW people who doesn't want the Zags to win tonight. Please don't watch the game in public. Don't be the party pooper. And I respect anyone who is willing to stick through that pettiness, but you don't want to be the person that's going to go out and ruin everyone's vibes. Don't be that person. Unless you are really just a giant troll in human form, which many people would argue I am. Seven ten, seven ten. On the text line, we have a really funny text. So, Paul, first the Russians, now Aaron Rodgers. Really, you are consistent. Hmm. I mean, I guess, I mean, what's wrong with that Russian call? I just love the end of it, where he says, Dah, and he says it's so long, it's so dragged out. And I'm not taking Aaron Rodgers' side every single time that he's gone up against Russ, but in this situation where he says, I wouldn't go about it the way that Russ does, clearly he is looking down at the way that Russ is going about it this offseason, and you know what? Rightfully so. Someone should call it out. Everyone else seems to be like, yep, this is the way the business is done. You put out public lists of teams that you don't want to be traded to but would be okay being traded to if you were traded. Who does that? It's a bizarre strategy. I need to move on from it, though, don't I? I need to just accept the fact that Russ is never going to acknowledge it, and we're just going to have to move on. Uh. Let's see, seven ten, seven ten. Yes, you can root for the Zags, but it's only because all Pac twelve teams are out. Huh? I I don't get why people root for other teams in the conference. I don't. I don't get that. I would be petty and say no, absolutely not. And it can't be just Oregon. I if I, you know, I guess that there's not much of a rivalry between the the the, the Pac twelve South and the and the Pac twelve North, but. I don't. I wouldn't want to see UCLA in the, in, in the final, and, and I'm not there. Now, rooting for the conference? No, I want everyone else in the conference to suffer. Maybe that's because I'm an invader. My school is an invader of the ACC, and I just can't stand all of the ACC establishment schools. But, no, I wouldn't root for the conference. Text in, 710-710. This one's just mean. I hope the Zags choke like they have every other year they have been in the tournament. Not cool, man. People were getting very nervous when I watched that game Saturday night at Pono Ranch. Lots of people wearing Zags gear. And I was, I was feeling tense because of how tense everybody around me was feeling.
1: Well, you grew up a Red Sox fan. You're familiar with those feelings.
0: Yes, the constant expectation yeah. of doom and defeat. But it's different. When you're experiencing it as a young kid, and honestly, I mean, they won the World Series when I was 15 years old. So at that point in time, it was a little bit different to the point where I didn't really, I think, like go through all the trials and tribulations. This is 20 years in the making. And this is the perfect way to coronate yourself officially, finally, going up against the other best team in college basketball. So, I will be rooting for the Zags tonight. I will be out and about watching the game. Hopefully, I run into some of you guys. We can do an air high five, a fist bump, an elbow, whatever you guys are comfortable with. I am not going to do what my friend did after Suggs hit that game-winning shot, which was just, Start
1: snogging somebody
0: that was next to him. Not smart, probably, these days. But Not
1: COVID safe.
0: Definitely not, Maura Dooley. Big thanks to Maura Dooley behind the glass, making all of this thing work. To Michael Bumpus for stopping by in the sports pit. To the texters, the tweeters, the Facebookers, everybody else. I am merely Paul Gallant. Go Zags tonight. So long. Farewell, Jake and Stacey. You're next.